Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR dashboard company that's helping all you HR and people ops leaders out there who are tired of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process called HR reporting. That's right. We know that when it's time for you to pull together a data-driven view of your entire workforce where you want to answer questions about diversity and recruiting and benefits and all these things, you're always logging into all these different systems, trying to pull data together, probably in spreadsheets, always thinking there has to be a better way. Well, there is. Look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, an HR dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. Are you using systems like ADP, Bamboo HR, Namely, Zenefits, Greenhouse, Lever, Reflective, Lattice, 15.5? Too many for me to say without running out of breath. If you're using all these different HR systems and would like to pull all that data together, then simply use Employee Cycle. We pull all your data from your different HR systems into one view. So you and your HR team can view, share, track, and analyze all that data together. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check it out. Would love to give you a demo and explore about how we can partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Misty Gwynn. She's the Director of Customer Advocacy at Benefit Focus. And today we're discussing why employers and employees need to become Benefits literate. Misty, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yay, benefits. Yay, benefits. (laughs) I don't know if anyone has ever said that before, but um, (laughs) we are going to say like we're at a baseball game. And so, Misty, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Oh, that is a great question. Um, So my background is actually in corporate wellness and leadership development. And so I I jokingly say I stumbled my way into benefits because those marry uh, so well together. And so um, I went in initially working on just wellness programs and leadership programs uh, and made my way into learning uh, how to partner with benefits and then starting to lead benefits. And so and I've never left yet. Awesome. So can you give us the rundown about Benefit Focus? What does your company do? What kind of services or products are you providing? How big is the company? That would give us some context in regards to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Um, So for those of you that don't know Benefit Focus, uh, we are, I would say, a single source, like one-stop shop um, for all the tools, data, insights uh, that People need to design their innovative plans and, and really bring their benefit strategy to life. And so we partner, um, we work through the cloud. And so we partner with all the different players in the benefits ecosystem uh, from carriers to employers to broker consultants to health plans uh, to bring all of that together to really have a world class benefits experience. Uh, and really kind of simplify benefits. I mean, that's one thing we'll talk about today is that benefits can be complex. 
Um, and so we have been around uh, the industry and have become expert leaders uh, over the past 20 years. Uh, we are a public company on the NASDAQ. Uh, and so we have over 25 million consumers on our platform. Uh, so we have a lot of data that we can pull from uh, with our state of employee benefits report that was just released where we can look at that real data and benchmarking and share that out. So, But again, part of that is really about um, bringing all of the players together to simplify benefits and be a one-stop shop. Awesome. And so I want to start on the surface before we dig deep into how to really make everyone more benefits literate. And first by asking, why are benefits so confusing in the first place? <laughs> it's one of those questions that you say, is there some secret that we're wanting to keep? And it's if we let people behind the curtain, uh, that they're going to figure out that we might just be like the wizard and the Wizard of Oz of like making it bigger than it really is. Uh, but I think it, it's really because there's a lot of different players and benefits, of course, go hand in hand with the healthcare system, which is not simple either. Uh, and so I think that's where you know we're starting to really see that uh, we need to break this down, make it more digestible, um, empower people with information. You're seeing more in the um, industry, even in the news about transparency uh, and how we should be letting people see what is behind the curtain um, in the healthcare field. So I think it's a matter of just breaking it down, shifting that paradigm uh, that benefits and, and healthcare are um, one of the things I always say, it's you know, in the old days, it used to be you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Uh, and that has drastically changed um, with our employers' expectations. Uh, so I think it was complex uh, and it just hasn't had anyone really take it by the reins to simplify it. So that's what we're doing today and now. Got it. And in regards to the level of literacy that you believe most employers and employees have about benefits, where would you put that? baseline today? I don't know if you want to answer that on a one to 10 scale with one being, I don't even know what benefits are to 10 and to up to 10 being, I know everything about benefits or if it's a different explanation around which benefits do people typically understand versus what they don't. But I'm curious, what does that look like today in regards to literacy? If I had to pick a baseline, I would say well, and the difficult thing there, too, is um, not to give a politician answer where I'm going to break it down, but it, it really is a multi-generational uh, difference that we're seeing uh, within the data that, that we've even looked at with the trends over the past you know, four or five years. So I would say the, the benefit literacy of our workforce, especially with the millennials making up a large segment of that, it is improving. So I'm going to give it a five or six. Because I, I always jokingly say, like, I don't feel you could always be an expert in benefits. I, I always say I practice benefits because once you think that you've got something down, things are going to change. Um, either there's going to be something like the ACA happens or a global pandemic. Like, you're always having to be a learner uh, in this field, even when you're administering benefits, but especially as a consumer, it's always changing. Um, and so I don't know if that 10, we can aspire for that but we'll always be learning um, and changing along with the industry. So at a five or six, if we're giving employers and employees a report card grade, that's a clear F. Yes. And so if that's the case, should we be okay with the F? Because that's the highest that we can aspire to because benefits are so challenging and they're moving so quickly. 
or should we actually be closer to C plus, B minus? Um, well, you're speaking to a recovering perfectionist here. Um, and so I am, of course, going to say we should have an A <laughs> in all of, in all categories. Um, and so I think with those efforts, uh, you know, we can aspire and I do feel we can achieve an A. Like it's, we want, as far as like achieving a 10, you know, I always see that room for improvement, but I do feel that we can, you know, become AB honorable students, um, in this world, uh, with, with the right efforts and the right focus. Paul's, I, I always say it's not going to be survival of the fittest. It's going to be survival of the most strategic uh, when it comes to employers and benefit plans and engaging their employees um, within that partnership. Because our ultimate goal is to build a smarter healthcare consumer. Um, and that's what's going to benefit everyone. Got it. So now I want to dig into the individuals here. So the employers versus the employees. And let's start with the employers first. When it comes to benefits literacy for companies, organizations that have employees, how much they understand the benefits that they can offer, they should offer, they already offer, what does that look like? And where do you see employers having the biggest challenges around that? I think with um, starting with the employer side, I mean, because to me, benefits literacy really is about becoming fluent um, in what I like to say, the alphabet soup of terminology, you know, with so many acronyms like PPO and AD, HDHP and HSA. Um, I, I feel we've, you know, we've, with employers, we've made those first steps to kind of understand the basics of the language and the benefits because that can be very intimidating. But once you kind of have that foundational knowledge, which is essential, you start to gain confidence. And so I feel with employers, one of the biggest things or challenges, I would say, with benefits literacy is moving away from being transactional to being more strategic. Uh, And I think even over this past year um, with COVID and 2020 and all the different things that hit HR and benefits, we have earned that seat at the strategic table. And, you know, benefits typically are in your top three, if not your second behind payroll when it comes to the investment and a company, you know, or an employer is making. And so we've got to make sure that we can dig down. And once you have that confidence and overcome that challenge of just understanding the different components of the benefits world when it comes to the different players like carriers and healthcare system and all of the different terminology then you can start to look at your strategy and start developing some of those higher expectations for yourself of how are we going to meet people where they're at in all areas of their total well-being. Um, and so I think that partnership has been a challenge before in the past with carriers of employers, um, much like employees, are afraid to ask questions. But that's what we should all be doing is asking questions um, and questioning our providers, questioning our carriers. I think those are some of the biggest challenges that I think we're seeing from the employer standpoint. To get more specific, as our audience is mostly made up of HR and people out professionals, as they're listening to you talk about how you can use benefits to be strategic and how they need to learn the alphabet soup, clearly it can become, if not already, very overwhelming. And now we're throwing in so many additional perks and benefits as companies are now going from in-person to remote, where do you start to truly understand all of this and how do you keep up with it? 
especially since there's so much already and it continues to be a moving target? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, one of my first starting points, because uh, the overall objective is to really have a you know people-centered or human-centered um, benefit strategy. And the best practice that I always go to first is collecting employee feedback, because as an employer, it can be very overwhelming um, to look at maybe that score of a five or six on the benefits literacy, knowing that you need employees to have a strong understanding of their benefits. Um, so I love to just, again, ask the questions of your employees. What are they expecting? Because uh, with the different generations, you know, we've seen it more with you know the millennials as well. Of They have higher expectations of what are you doing for me? How are you investing in my well-being? And, you know, as you mentioned, there are a lot of different things now. It's not just offering core medical plans. Of We offer a medical plan and a dental and vision, and you can kind of check the box off. You know, we're in a very competitive market where benefits can truly be something that sets you apart from your competition. And so offering the different um, opportunities within the lifestyle benefits, such as legal insurance and pet insurance and identity theft, showing that you're not just seeing them as what I say, the LinkedIn profile walking around in your halls, you see them as a whole person that has a life outside of the organization and they need to be supported in that. And so I think collecting that employee feedback and then reaching out with your partners. Um, I know in the past, working with my broker consultants uh, to know what is kind of the new things and trends in the industry, you know, what are the new offers and options out there, um, you know, partnering with your benefit software provider and platform. That's one of the biggest things, you know, benefit focus that, you know, we pride ourselves on is being able to engage and communicate benefits um, and meet employees where they're at, whether that be through text messaging or push notifications or short videos to communicate testimonials. I think it's trying to break that down to see what do your employees expect from you? What do they need from you? Looking at your claims analysis uh, and then how are you going to connect them and engage them with those benefit plans? So it really becomes kind of that all partnership, reaching out and working together. You mentioned employers should reach out to their employees, ask them questions, maybe send them surveys, really assess what they're looking for. But I'm assuming as you ask these questions, you could come back with a lot of different requirements from uh, different cohorts of employees. And it could get to the point where it looks like everyone is coming to this as their own unique snowflake and they need their own very customized benefit solution. As the employer, and more specifically as the HR people leader, how do you go about trying to, and should you try to create this very personalized plan for each employee, knowing that if you, knowing that it might just be impossible, but at the same time, if it, if it feels too boilerplate, then you're not really helping anyone. Yeah. And that's a great point. And so really from an employer standpoint, and we've been, you know, I've been preaching this for, for a long time is, you know, Benefits are not one size fits all. And honestly, they're not one size fits an individual all the time because different things happen. What, what we like to call benefit is like moments that matter. Uh, you know, someone might enroll in certain benefits, but then, you know, they have a child or they get married or they have an event, a health event. You know, things change throughout the year, even outside of open enrollment. But to your point, I do feel as an employer, it is a very loud call to action 
that we have to provide a personalized experience with benefits and allow people to customize. And so it's once you're comfortable with like the key terms, you know, I encourage employees and employers to take advantage of embedding things like decision support tools. You know, there's such things like a benefit focus. We have a planned shopping app where you can, you know, input some of your um, answer some questions. There's artificial intelligence throughout that, and then it makes recommendations. And so we're in this era of curation. I mean, my goodness, from other consumer experiences like I mean, Stitch Fix, you can you know, answer a few questions and they're sending you a personalized wardrobe or Spotify creating a customized playlist based on your preferences. These tools are being made readily available even in the benefits world. And so you should be, as an employer, by offering a comprehensive plan um, that has different options, I do feel there's a power of choice to offering multiple medical plan options, offering multiple uh, voluntary benefits to help supplement them in the areas that they need help in, but then making sure that with all of these options, you don't make them feel like they're drinking from a fire hydrant. You want to help provide those guidance and decision support tools so that they can customize their plan that fits them. Uh, you know, that we don't want them to set it and forget it. You know, benefits should change with you and they should fit you, um, especially with the different generations. You know, we're seeing with millennials, you know, versus even these Gen Zers that are, you know, just now coming off of their parents' health plans and what decisions they're making. They're all gravitating towards different plan options uh, and how they're looking at their benefits. So for employers, it, it really makes us have to look at our partners to know that we have the ability to connect with them and to communicate these um, options in multiple avenues. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So now I want to jump over to the employee side. What issues are you seeing that employees are having by not being as benefits literate as they should? How can we change this? What does that look like? Yeah, so I think the the top challenges, I would say, um, again, would with employees uh, to what we were just speaking of, those decision support tools is finding the plan that best fits your needs, you know, making that effort to do a little bit of research. I think I read something where it said like we do more research on purchasing a TV than we do on our benefit plans. Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, I can see that with my husband. Yes. Um, But, you know, we, we need to take the time to sit down uh, and learn a little bit about our benefit plans, because if we don't we're, we're leaving a lot of value on the table. And so I encourage employees to take advantage of that because that challenge really becomes no one gets excited about sitting down to read an 87 page summary plan description. No, not even benefits directors. Like if they say that they are, they're, they're lying. No one wants to sit down and read that. But I think as we start breaking it down for employees to gamify or to offer things, even like an internal podcast to educate employees offer them ways that they can engage with their benefits and learn about them either through testimonials or engaging in a cost estimator uh, and they get some of the money back if they save money on their procedures. There's so many great things that we can do as employers, but as employees, we're offering the power of choice as an employer, but we need our employees to opt in. We need them to come off of autopilot. Um, you know, benefits, it's not a spectator sport. Uh, we need you to come in and ask questions. Uh, and so that's one of the top challenges that I've seen with employees is they don't know where to go 
for more information. Uh, and so, of course, my advice is going to be, you know, download the apps of your providers so that you can learn about all the different tools they offer, participate in any education or wellness programs that your employer is offering. But again, that biggest piece of advice is just to speak up, is to ask questions. I find so many times employees are so intimidated, they don't think that you can question a doctor or that you can question a carrier. So much of the healthcare system is actually a negotiation. You know, the, the pricing, the, you know, it can just be like you, we mentioned at the beginning, kind of cloak and daggers, like what's the big secret? Why is it so complex? But it's just the basic of people might not know the right questions to ask. So that's where I encourage people to start uh, looking at their HR department, looking at their benefits leaders and seeing what questions they should be asking um, when it comes to their benefits. If there was one thing that you would want any employer and employee to take away from this, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to sound repetitive, but I would say to use your voice, speak up and ask questions. Don't sit there and let all of, as an employer, all of the hard work you've done to build a great innovative plan that is full of investment to keep your talent and recruit new talent. Don't let that go to waste because you're not doing the right job of communicating that value. And as an employee, it's to use your voice to ask questions, to make sure you're taking full advantage of everything that there is to offer uh, and take those few little steps, either download an app or watch a short video or listen to a podcast to learn how you can take full advantage of your benefits and your partnerships. Misty, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom and experience around benefits. As you mentioned yourself, it's not something that most people think of as fun to read through very tedious benefits calculations and figure out if I spend this amount per month and this is how much my premium is and all these other things. But we appreciate you so much for looking to make this process as easy as possible for everyone involved. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So where can people find you and Benefit Focus online? So it is BenefitFocus.com. And I encourage you to visit our website. There's so many great uh, blog posts, resources that you can download, and you can connect with us if you'd like to learn more about all of the different products and tools and services that we offer. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all the information in the show notes. So if you enjoyed this episode as much as Misty and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that you like what we're providing and we're providing great quality content. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.